everybody. How you doing? Yeah, that sucked again. Well, Green, green Room Live post-game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Um, it's all just catching up with this team, really. Uh, the injuries, the lack of true, uh, true star power. Um, uh, the... Uh, I don't want to say nonchalance because I don't think that's the right word, but just the lack of oomph. I don't, I don't just, they, I, I talked last post game about how they just didn't seem to have another gear uh, that they needed. This one, they didn't have any fucking gear. There was just nothing there. When Zach McEwen is your best forward, you stink. I don't know how this team overcomes the injuries right now. I don't know how this team gets itself out of its rut. We'll talk about Morgan Frost, I'm sure, 15 points in 16 games, goals in back-to-back games for the Phantoms. Um, His last 10, he's been real good, all that shit. You know the numbers. We talk about him on BSH Radio. I talk about him on here. I don't know if if Morgan Frost can save this effing team, Um, but he definitely couldn't hurt it. A team that cannot score goals could probably use its, you know, best offensive prospect right about now. Uh, I, I'm i kind of at a loss. It was such a boring game. They just, they played like they knew they were going to lose. And, you know, they're 0-4-4 in their last eight against Tampa. I guess, you know, you're going to maybe have a little fatalistic view of things, but... Uh, you just have to bring more than they brought tonight. You lose Broussard early, so you're shorthanded. But, you know, it's a team that you're playing a Tampa team that hasn't had Kucherov all year, basically. Um, you know, Braden points missing from the lineup. And I know they have a ton of talent. Otherwise, uh, they're not just like a, a Stars and Scrubs team. They have a lot of good players. Obviously, Steven Stamkos, uh, Vasilevsky, and Hedman are – three of the best players in the league at their position. So it's not like even when they're missing guys, they're hurting for star talent, but they have good players up and down the lineup. Uh, the coaches put them in position to succeed. Uh, you know, they find guys who can skate all that shit. We know why Tampa's so good. Uh, they have been for quite some time, but just think about this Flyers team. I have no idea how they get out of this. I just don't know how they turn things around. Like, is there some sort of switch that's going to be like, yeah, JVR, he's producing again. Uh, yeah, Joel Farabee, looks like Joel Farabee from last year. Oh, Oscar Lindblom, yeah, he's going to show up. Like, I, Travis Konechny, he's he's going to be a main contributor on this team. Uh, Cam Atkinson, he, he's going to start scoring again. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I guess that can happen because weird shit happens in hockey, but I'm just kind of at a loss here. Let's see what you guys all think. Uh, let's lead off the post game tonight with Harris Barnes. Harris, you're on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, can you hear me? I got you. Yeah. Um, first off, um, also Chernak was out. I think Eric Chernak's probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. So um, he's actually better than Sergeyev if you look at um, all his numbers and you watch the games because uh, Sergeyev's brutal in his own zone. But going to the Flyers' uh, perspective. Um, I thought, yeah, McEwen was the best player, then Hart, then uh, Max Willman. Other than that, I saw like one to <laughs> one to three good shifts from everyone else. Willman must not have been infected yet by the malaise of the rest of the team. Uh, and 
you know, like the game's over when you get walked by Bogo. When Bogosian walks you like that and throws a backhand sauce to Stamkos, like the game's over. Yeah, that was I. Uh, that was a wild sequence. It was like the only exciting thing that happened in the entire goddamn game was that sequence. And then you see it's Bogosian. It's like, yeah, that's the uh, that's the guy who's really taking it to us right here. That was absolutely ridiculous. That's the guy um, that Atlanta thought that they were drafting in 08. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Atlanta. Uh, yeah, the, that game was – they just had nothing. Like, you just – like, their best players. You named Max Willman in there, and I'm not even going to argue with you. And the worst part is I thought they played kind of well in the first period. I didn't think like, – like, the shot totals I thought were misleading. Like, I didn't think they outplayed Tampa. But I, I thought they played relatively well. I thought Giroux was playing pretty well. Um, in the first period, and then after that, they just didn't play. Like, the game ended. They they gave up the first goal, and it was like, well, that's it. It's Tampa. We're going to lose, and certainly did. And it probably should have been, like, 8 nothing. Hart robbed Tampa at least three to four times. Like, oh, it could have been way worse. Yeah, if you, I always go on the um, – because I'll be checking Twitter throughout the game. I'll be looking up some things to talk about on here throughout the game, taking some notes, and I'll just – I'll go by Jim Jackson's, you know, uh, like his cadence and his voice and the way he raises it and lowers it. And it's just like, yeah, it seems as if Carter Hart made nine saves he shouldn't have tonight and they still lose 4 nothing. Like that's the kind of game it was. What do you think, like, Jim and Keith are saying in between periods or during commercial breaks? Because, like, last year they w- had to have been, like, yelling obscenities or just not caring by the end of the year. What are they saying now? My guess is, like, we got to do this shit again tomorrow? Like, because that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, just the disbelief that they have to sit here. Like, Jim Jackson has been sitting here through every game for just 10 years of abject mediocrity. Like it, I, I guess he's just got to be he's just got to be numb to it at this point. Like it's all he knows. <laughs> yeah, he's been here a while and he's seen some good stuff, but this has been his life for a decade. So, I guess he's got I hope he's numb to it. I hope he's not feeling it like a fan would. Yeah, and I guess my last point for now will be um, I know it has, like, nothing to do with, like, the way the team plays, but um, – and I know, like, the Flyers were going for something different with the goal song, and this was on the road, so it doesn't matter, but I still think they should bring back Dupe. That's, like, the last time the Flyers, like, were intimidating and, like, teams hated playing in Philadelphia. All right, thanks a lot, Harris. Yeah, I, I think they should have no goal song because what's the fucking point? They don't score either way. Uh, like, who gives a shit? They don't, they don't score. They should have no goal song. The goal song should be like, oh, my God, we fucking scored. I can't believe it. It should just be me saying that. Uh, Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Boy, this is like uh, last year's. Unbelievable. Um, uh, (laughs) I think maybe the beginning of the third period or maybe in the middle of the second. I can't remember. Keith Jones is like, you know, they just don't look like themselves tonight. And all I could think was. (laughs) No, they. This is what they look exactly like themselves. When they play well, is when they don't look like themselves. Just, just a comment. You know, I've been watching towards Jenna Hextall's reign and then Fletcher signing these young guys to these nice contracts. And you know what? These guys are they're they're not that good. They they they're overpaying. If you look at Farabee, Konechny, Sanheim. Man, can these guys 
show like they care? I mean, it doesn't look yeah, like they, it doesn't they, look like there's leadership on this team. I'm sorry. All I heard about was, you know, we're going to bring in this guy, that guy, and the other guy this off season, and we're we have a great leadership room and blah blah blah. What a pile of crap. You know, yeah, two just, guys, two guys getting hurt. Tampa's got half their team missing, and they, and they were it was like a practice for them tonight. Yeah, I just think the issue is they're not that good. Like, you can have all the leadership in the world when the other team's just better than you. This is what's going to happen, and that's what's been happening. Well, why don't we hear – can I ask you a question? We have all these writers in print media, and I don't hear this stuff from them. They just report the game. No one's commenting. You know, this team's not that good. I mean, mean, why why do these guys get paid? I I just wonder sometimes. Man, I'll tell you. I I think the results kind of speak for themselves. Like – They've won one playoff round under this coach. They've, and that's all they've won since like 2011, uh, 2012. Like, that's who they are. That's what this team is. A, a mediocre well, team. That's all they're, that's they're the gonna have thing. To, they're going to have to look at the, t- they're going to have to look at the types of players they're bringing in here. Uh, because it's just not, they don't look like they care when they lose. I mean, that's an odd thing to say, but. You know, I remember past teams where you could tell towards the end of the game there was a brawl if they were losing. I'm not saying they need to have a brawl, but, you know, there was an incident towards the end of the game where Corey Perry was hacking away a quarter hard, and no one, you know, they, and it, they should have gone after him. No, I mean, when, when Braun and Provorov are just standing there, his heart gets plowed, and they just let the dude stand up and skate away – like I don't care if you beat them or not, you're losing for nothing. Like this is hockey. This is just what you do, and, and they have. There's just nothing. They just are so accepting of their fate. I agree with Scott Hartnell. He is right, right on what he said. That's and thanks a lot, Warren. Yeah, this team. I thought they were showing signs of something else this year. Uh, beginning of the year, even when they were losing games, I just thought there was a. Uh, there was just something about this team that looked really, really different, really good. And it wasn't just the early scoring. Once that dried up, but uh, they were still getting the goaltending. They looked like, I don't know, they just looked like they had a little bit extra in them to be able to come out, even if they're getting outplayed and, and win a third period and do things like that. And I guess it wasn't that long ago, but it seems like they had this feeling that, Man, if we can just overachieve for a little bit and then we get Ellis and Hayes back and we have the full team and we have our depth and all that, things will be good. And then getting bad news about those guys coming in and coming right back out of the lineup just took some wind out of this team's sails. Like, it looks like that was a kick in the dick for this team. Uh, Not so much, not even losing their production, not having them, but the idea of, Fuck yeah, we did what we needed to do. We held it together while those guys were out, and now they're back, and now we can really get on a roll, and then you lose them immediately. And now Broussard's hurt. It's not like Broussard's anything special, but he's a good depth player, and they lose him. Uh, maybe he's back, you know, next tomorrow. I'd be shocked if he, you know, has a sudden miraculous he couldn't play tonight's game but he can play in less than 24 hours that would surprise me uh it just i there's something it it real i really think losing those guys again after thinking okay we weathered the storm they're back losing them again seems to have really just taken it out of them 
Uh, Dan Allen. Dan, you're live on the post game. Dan Allen. There you are. Yeah, that didn't my screen for a second. Um, yeah, uh, you actually said a couple things I wanted to say already. Uh, you know, the first period actually wasn't all that bad. You know, the, the Lightning carried the play early, but I think the Flyers picked it up later. And by the end of the period, they were, uh, you know, I think they looked, they actually looked like they were skating a little bit better than Tampa was. And then that second period was so bad. It was so bad. Those two goals that they let up in the second period pissed me off so much that I actually got a notebook and took notes about all the things that annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> like on the second one, it was a horrific turnover by Farabee at the offensive blue line, which for some reason the first thought I had in my head was if Jake Voracek had done that, he would be killed for it because it's Farabee. Oh, and hear it. oh you're, absolutely you're absolutely right about that. Right about that. Yeah. Um, and then once the puck went in the defensive zone, for some reason Sealer and Provorov were paired together. I have no idea how. But you know, they let Zach Bogosian Bobby Ortham into the zone, and then the puck went directly through Provorov twice. You know, uh, skate through his through his skates or by his stick or whatever. And the Lightning actually should have scored three goals in that play, but Sealer blocked two wide open nets, one with a stick and one with a skate, <laughs> before they finally scored. And Hart never found the puck. And then that third goal was a delayed penalty, so of course things get, things are a little crazy on that. But they actually got in pretty good defensive position. Lindblom, Provorov, and McEwen were fine. They had guys covered. But then Yandel and Thompson almost like held hands and glided together up toward the blue line where McEwen already was, leaving you know Perry wide open, you know down low. And then Provorov sealed off the pass perfectly, and Hart didn't take the shooter. He took the bad angle, and Perry had too much. You know, so that. Just all those things came together, and I, I, I've never been, I haven't been this mad this season. Like I'm, I'm more on the positive side. I mentioned this before, but you can't be positive after two consecutive games like that, and just bad, bad defensive fundamentals. And it's not even, uh, and and thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, it's not even like I'm mad right now. It's just like, um, I, I saw a path for this season to go well and then a few things started to go wrong and it looked like they were going to be able to overcome them and now it's just like I kind of feel like the Flyers look um, accepting of what's about to happen like I think they're about to dig themselves a really big hole because outside of getting and they're still getting good goaltending it's not like Hart was bad tonight Uh, it's just like when you score zero what's the goalie supposed to do like, the best you can hope for is some shootout luck. If your offense scores zero points, like, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I just I, – it's not even mad right now. I'm sure there will be things that I get mad about, um, but shit, it's just like, yeah, when Nick Sealer's in the lineup and Nate Thompson and Max Willman – uh, and Zach McEwen are on the ice together. Like, we are at a disadvantage. You know, uh, Yandel, I think, is still a nice uh, nice veteran third-pair defenseman who could be on your power play, although they don't seem all that interested in using him in the only role he's suited for. Uh, but you need, like, a good defensive partner with him the way it was supposed to be set up with uh, Yandel and Braun. If you can hear that train, that's the train that's like 30 feet from my front door. That's why it sounds like it's coming through my window right now. Uh, It's just like they could – the combination of luck and uh, and disappointing 
disappointing production from guys they really needed this year. Uh, TK, Limblom, JVR, and Farabee. Their lack of ability to get anything going on top of the bad luck they've suffered is just, it's, it's so disheartening. Like it, it legitimately only like almost makes me sad because they had a, uh, and I still believe they have a decently high ceiling. And I think there's things the GM could do if you wanted to get real creative, uh, like maybe utilize long-term injured reserve for these two guys who haven't contributed really at all this season. And, uh, try to bring someone in and say, hey, you know, maybe we'll uh, bring you guys back for the playoffs if we make it, like something like that. But, man, they just lack anything, any sort of ability to turn things around right now, it seems. Flyers and AZ, Flyers and AZ, you're live on the post game. Bill, what's up? Hey, there you are. How are you tonight? All right, how's it going? Yeah, so well. the uh, in games like this, can you – Start taking calls after the second period, please, because that was that's when I needed to talk. That was killing me. That's I really like. I wonder how many people would join if I was just like fuck this and turned to going like because I didn't want to watch the end of this game. Like the only reason I did is because I have to do this afterwards, and if something happens, I'm gonna be able to talk about it. Yeah, but that was that was a waste of all of our time. It really every was. Every single person who watched that, every every player who played in it, the third period was a waste of our time. It really was. I mean. You know, the one guy said uh, Sandheim doesn't care, but you know it's a bad game when the Flyers play the game as Sandheim stick lift from behind to take the puck uh, the other way for three feet. Um, I, you know, so on the second goal, Sealer, you know, it is what it is, but he's got to stay. I mean, you might have talked about this already, but he's got to stay on his feet. Once he's, you leave your feet, he's, you're done. You're better off tackling Stamkos there. You're on the ground. It, he's good. He's too good. What's he going to do? Keep shooting in your legs every time you kick it back? No, that's that's like the number one rule. You can't leave your feet. I mean, he. I guess and he like, fell. Maybe he fell. And and the other part about it is like there was a time where defensemen would go down and like try to take away the pass, take away the bottom part of the net. Here's the thing: all goalies immediately go down now. So, like, taking away the bottom of the net, that's pointless because the goalie's there. And right. taking away the pass, fucking, like, the 14th forward on every team can throw a saucer pass over a lying down defenseman. Exactly. Like, it's not 1979 anymore. These guys are all incredibly skilled. Nate Thompson could sauce it over Sealer if he needed to. Right. Like, I, 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 it's, it's absolutely pointless. It used to drive me nuts with Andrew McDonald. And Nick Sealer's just not an NHL player. Like, that's all there is to it. They need to figure something out with the defense, which is a shame because they also need to figure out something with the offense. So yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of problems right now. I know. It's tough. It, you know, at least I kind of like McHugh, and at least he seems like he's out there trying and hustling every – I mean, he might be underskilled overall, you know, but at least he seems to have some heart and is kind of – kind of if, going but if you had two decent fourth liners with him he'd right. be fine like if the fourth line is what i wanted it to be like brassard and limblom that would be totally fine but since it's fucking wilman and thompson like you just don't have an nhl fourth line yeah yeah and you know yandel i feel bad i'm i'm starting to get frustrated with him and it's almost like you're not allowed to be frustrated with him because he's like a cult icon but pretty soon we're gonna have to say shirts that say suck instead of sock because jesus 
Yeah, like, you know what Yandel is, and if it was in a position where he has to play with the eighth or ninth defenseman in the organization, which is what Sealer is, like, it was going to be a problem. Right. And, like, the offense, is, the offense he brings is supposed to make up for it, but they, they talked on the broadcast tonight, like, oh, you know, well, Yandel's kind of an outlet passer. Well, if even if he was, you know, completing all these outlet passes – a team that refuses to carry the puck into the zone isn't going to be able to help him create offense if they just dump all of his fucking passes and they don't seem all that interested in using him on the power play. Yeah. So why is he here? Right. Like, what is the point of Keith Yandel in this lineup if you're not going to use him as Keith Yandel? I will say the point definitely is not his ability to seal the boards at the blue line because every no. puck seems to go by him. It's unbelievable. No, absolutely not. Jesus, no. that's like the main thing. All right, Bill, thanks a lot. Here's to All tomorrow. Right. Uh, yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Uh, before uh, before we go on there, I, I said it on Twitter, but a lot of you just you follow me through Spotify Green Room or whatever. Uh, this is going to be the only post game this week up until Sunday. I will be back for Sunday's Devils game because I hate myself. Uh, but Tomorrow, I will be supporting Clearview Ice Hockey. I'll be there. I'll be watching them take on Washington Township at Hollydale. It's our big rival. I played at Clearview. I graduated high school from Clearview. Um, I, the, man, the guy who was the best man at my wedding is the head coach of Clearview now. So I got to do my duty and uh, you know represent the alumni, show up for the green and gold. So I'll be there instead of watching the Flyers tomorrow. And then on Friday, the game's at 3.30, uh, you know, the old day job producing sports radio. Uh, I'll be having to do that from 3 to 7 rather than watch the Flyers and Hurricanes in the Black Friday game. So Sunday is the next time I'll be back on the old uh, post game here. 69, Mr. 60, you're live. Hey, Bill. Uh, I got to go on like about a minute rant here. Um, kind of ties into your rant on uh, this week's PSH radio regarding like the shootout and skilled players and whatnot, but I'm so sick and tired of this team and like all the, I guess like the culture around it, like the beat writers and everything talking about like how much like two way player or two way forwards or how important they are and this, that, and the other, but we have no skilled forwards besides G like this all goes back to like going back to the shootout. We don't have a skilled forward besides Claude Drew to take a shootout. Like that, it's just unbelievable. Like we have uh, no skilled forwards. Tonight, Watching the game tonight and watching them over the last few weeks not just just not be able to score the puck. Like Claude Giroux, yes, he's still the highest paid player. Yes, he's the captain, all that. But after all this time, shouldn't they have somebody who's close to as good as him? Like uh, a little bit brings a little bit of the dynamic offense that he's capable of. Like they have still nobody close to what he can do. Sure, like I mean, like even if you look at like Coots, like this this is what worries me worries me about him and this contract that he signed is like, yeah, he's great defensively, but he's like nowhere near like a Ryan O'Reilly or like a Patrice Bergeron when it or Anze Kopitar when it comes to the offensive side of the game. Like he's great, he will shut down the other team's first pair or first line, but can he produce at like a point a game? I I don't know. And has that like has the has the two-way play been he, there for him this year? I haven't seen it nearly as much. Uh, just doesn't look nearly as disruptive. Um, even for a guy, it's not like he's fast to begin with, but just doesn't seem to have that little extra jump. 
Like, it, it looked like, you know, he had a couple of 30-goal years. He, he started out scoring pretty well this year. But, man, if it's all, if that was just, like, his peak and he's not going to be that guy that he was, you know, a couple of seasons ago, that's just over already, then shit, they're in real trouble because they just signed him and they need a 1C on top of everything else. Yeah, exactly. And then also, it, you know what? It's really bad when we have – I guess the Flyers broadcast, who's basically their biggest cheerleader, talking about bringing up Morgan Frost live on air. Like, we've been begging for this. I know you've been beating this drum for the past week and a half, two weeks. It's terrible when we have the Flyers broadcast bringing it up that we need to bring up, call up Morgan Frost. It's just the most asinine thing I've ever seen. The team cannot score. You have a guy who you drafted in the first round scoring in the organization – a couple, you know, let's see, an hour and a half away, and you're like, nah, nah, we're good. It's fine. I mean, if they want to call him up tomorrow, I'll drive him down. I'll, I'll drive all the way up to Lehigh Valley right <laughs> yeah. now. I'll drive him down tomorrow for the game. But <laughs> it, it's just, I would just love, like, I hope someone asks tonight, I ask somebody, what's the, why isn't he here? Like, I want to know, that I would love an answer to why isn't he here and whatever they tell you, it's bullshit. It's going to be some sort of nonsense because this team sucks right now. Like, you can't tell me he's not one of their 12 best forwards. And if he isn't, he should have been traded fucking uh, this summer because if, he stinks. Like, if, if you're, you're really Morgan Frost, that low of him. If you're him, like, well, aren't you, like, talking to, like, wouldn't you be talking to your agent being like, all right, well, there goes another guy that's down. And if I'm not getting called up now, be like, yo, I just want to trade. Like, trade me to a yeah. different team. Like, Max Willman is up and he's not? Like, what is the point of this? <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Oh, you got it. Thanks a lot. I, I it, This is just uh, – yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if Frost can be a productive third liner in this league. No idea. But nobody does. There's only one way to find out if Morgan Frost can produce in the NHL. And that's to find out if he can produce in the NHL. Bring him up. This team cannot score. Play him. See what happens. What if he scores a power play goal? You know, like, Johnny Dyer. Johnny, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How are you tonight? How you doing, buddy? Uh, I've been better. (laughs) Uh, So I just wanted to piggyback on the last guy. Like, who do we see um, instead of Morgan Frost? Like who do they, do they uh, like Bunny? You're up. You know they find somebody they bring off the scrap heap from down there instead. Anybody but Morgan Frost. It seems like yeah. That's the up. like if I see if Broussard's out and I see like Connor Bunneman and you know what Connor Bunneman might end up being a nice fourth liner for this team down the line, but like that's not what we need. This team cannot score goals. Connor Bunneman joining this lineup just 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 play shorthanded. What's the difference? <laughs> Have a let I got one statement and one question. I want I want to say put Zach McEwen on the top line. Make seventeen great again. Put him up there like Sammer and just have those two guys. I mean, he's doing all the work down there. Like, just why not? Nothing else is working, and you're not going to bring anybody up like Morgan Frost. You might have skills like that guy. He's fun to watch. Like, he was the best part, of, best forward in that game. Like, eh, give him a shot. What's the worst that can happen? They get shut out for nothing. Yeah, like what? I I first I first said like ah oh, put him in the top six, put him on the first line as like a joke a couple of weeks ago, but like now 
Why not? Nobody Why not? else is showing any ability to produce any sort of nice offensive play. He does. <laughs> he might have, like, uh, fucking put him in the shootout. He might have, like, the second or third best hands on the team. Oh, he's great to watch. And the, really the, the question I have is, I know, like, nobody's complained about power play enough yet in this. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it was, like, the issue in this game. But, like, so he he's obviously got to go. Like, Tarion has to go. We were I laughed about it in the other one. Who who can they bring in to replace it? Would Tockett come and be an assistant coach here? And then maybe that'll change the power play, and then maybe that'll change whatever like whatever they're not doing to attack. Like how much of that is is A V system, how much of that is Tarion? Like uh, that's you know how much of that is the players. Avino puts it on himself and he says the power play's on him, even though his buddy, you know, maybe he's just covering up for his buddy. But when I see how this team doesn't attack nearly enough at 5-on-5, five five, it seems as if Tarion's power play is just an extension of, of you know, the head coach's, I, I don't know what the fuck their plan is, but it ain't to score goals. And if it is, he's, he's awful. Uh, like, it, it's, I don't know how they do it. Like, bringing in Tockett. For, like, I don't think Tockett's going to leave, like, a cushy TV gig or whatever to, like, be an assistant coach on the road every night. Uh, and I don't know, like, how excited Elaine Vigneault would be to have his obvious replacement sitting next to him on the bench. So I don't know if that's the answer, but, man, yeah. this coaching staff, uh, like, I-, I blame the players first and foremost. Like, I, I don't know what the coach is supposed to do if, it, like – TK, Limblom, Farabee, and JVR all can't score a little bit. I don't know how the coach <laughs> changes that, but uh, something's got to change, and you can't get rid of all the players. So I don't know how much longer these coaches have. And then last thing, do they does Carter Hart rest tomorrow, or do they put him in and let him get shellacked by another great Florida team? Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, the back to back. It's definitely going to be Martin Jones. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see there's any way they put Carter Hart in a back-to-back situation when they have, uh, what was this, tonight was the first of six games in nine days. That's the other thing is when I say I don't see a way for them to, like, turn their turn this thing around anytime soon or, like, how they can change the tide or, you know, flip a switch, whatever cliche you want to use here, like – they're getting into territory like they got into after the COVID break, the two weeks off from, you know, the outbreak last year where they just play every night. And unless this team really is so much more mentally tough than they were last year, which, Hey, maybe they are. Uh, They did bring in those leaders. We talked about a little bit ago. Maybe this is the point in the season where it pays off, but shit, man, they have a really tough schedule and they have a really tough schedule against some really good teams six games and nine nights, like this thing could get out of hand fast. And if we're going to use history, you know, last season as a little guide here, it really like this thing could be fucking ugly by Christmas, but we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe they do flip that switch. Maybe JVR is a hat trick in Florida tomorrow. Like it's hockey. Weird shit happens. Damn. A lot of callers tonight. Let's see if we can bang some of these out. Joe McGinley. Joe, you're live on the post game. Bill, you know A.V. loves Bunneman. It's going to be him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not I'm like, so not hopeful about whatever this situation is. 
like Broussard, uh, of course, his injury is going to be serious. And of course, his replacement is going to be someone who doesn't help this team score any more goals. Yeah. Yeah. Not, we're, not like we're in a position to do so, but I think Farabee needs a night in the press box. That's the, he, I, I said that on Twitter tonight and like, it's such a shit situation. Like the dude is clearly feeling the way he's playing. Like he, he's in his own head at this point. He's mad at himself. He takes that penalty right after the giveaway tonight, and he's talking to himself on the way to the box. And uh, you can tell maybe he just needs a night to watch, need a night for him to not feel like he's the – you know, he's – we say all the time, he's getting paid to produce. He's not producing. He knows that. Like maybe he needs a night to not feel like he's the reason they're not scoring. But – they don't have enough fucking NHL players without him. They can't afford to sit him, and that's we're right into the like the situation we got in with the schedule and Carter Hart and all that last year. It's gonna start snowballing if they don't do something to stop this bad momentum. Yeah, and I only had two more things. The one thing with Risto is he really did turn into that stay-at-home defenseman. I mean, he he really hasn't offered much going the other way. I mean, he's the uh, you know, calling him Andrew McDonald, he's just as bad from the point as Andrew McDonald. He can't do anything but dump the puck. He can't even scare the net from the point. That's the – I've seen him, you know, try to make some plays down low and try to carry the puck a little bit. But yeah. from the point, he's bringing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, zero. Zero from the point. And I get the little bit of optimism in the first period, but I kind of parallel that to – the second Vancouver game and the, the Seattle game where they kind of dominated possession in the first period, but it was only a matter of time, you know, before you kind of felt like we were going to come down and score and get better opportunities. Cause even with possession, I mean, we're not really getting great chances. It's, it's just possession. Yeah, no, they, they don't create really any high danger chances outside of like, if Giroux makes a cool play or Zach McEwen surprises everybody, like, there's just nothing happening offensively for this team right now. It's it's boring as hell. Like, this game was a waste of everyone's time tonight. It was. It was. I'm going to keep laughing about uh, Thompson could sauce it over Sealer and uh, <laughs> go to bed on that one. Thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot, Joe. That's, uh, a caller or two ago also brought up the power play and how it wasn't the issue tonight. No, it wasn't the issue but I believe the stat was the Flyers had four shots while shorthanded and zero on the power play. I mean, come the fuck on, guys. You know, come on. Uh, Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. Yeah, I'm here. There you, there um, you go. I, I get – I don't – whoever said uh, Rick Tockett for coach, uh, I, I'm just going to say it. I, I disagree. I've, I've seen him in Arizona and other places. He's a below average 500 fucking, he's, he's terrible. He's not good is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I, I guess if the Flyers don't do good this year or they don't make the playoffs, like, like, where, where do you go? I don't, I don't know where you go. Like, <laughs> the only, yeah, I have, I have no idea. I really, like, I guess. Drew might choose to leave in free agency. You have, you have, because I, I, and I'm going to jump in here and I'm sorry, but I, and if the flyers do bad this year, I don't know why. I don't know why you would sign. Like, why is Drew still here? Like if he comes back, I, that's questionable. 
he's on drugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, it, he's been here for how many years? <laughs> like, no, like if I if I was him, like at his age, and actually, like I am his age, like I, I would I would want to fucking go somewhere where like half the fan base doesn't think I'm the reason we suck and I could win. (laughs) No, like it's just like, that's, that's the thing. Like, I'm just so like, I don't know how to like, like when it comes to the flyers, I'm so fucking (laughs) like, I'm so fucking confused. Like I almost feel like I'm the one on drugs because I'm at like this crossroads where is it the coaching staff? Well, no, I can't be the coaching staff. The players just suck last year. And if this year the players suck, well, what the fuck is it? Like, I, I don't know which way to swing. It's just everybody. Yeah, like, Maybe I, everyone just sucks. It has to be. I, I'm convinced that it's the fucking Comcast Spectacore bullshit owners. Like, that's what it is. It has to be. I, 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 would, I would like to put it on them more than anybody because it's fucking Comcast. Like, well, well it is. Great. It, it is. But it, I look back to the 2019 roster and it's like, what are we – like, this is back where the crossroads part is. Is like, what are we missing? Like, did Niskin and Pitlick and Grant mean that much? I, I don't no, know. Like, what, that's, I keep coming back to Matt Niskin and, and thinking, like, yeah, was, well, he, was he secretly the best fucking defenseman of all time? I like, is it, is it Orr, Lidstrom, Pronger, Niskanen? Like, is that the Mount Rushmore? Nobody had any idea. I don't know. Like, I just... <laughs> Maybe he was the one handing out the drugs, and then he just stopped. <laughs> Maybe like yeah, that could—it's as likely as anything at this point. I don't know. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your night, Bill, because I—I can't. Like I said, I'm—I'm just—I'm. If the Flyers do bad, I, like I, I don't, don't know, know where you go with your cap space. I just don't. Like I'm so glad I'm not in the front office on this team. <laughs> on the other hand, though, Hunter, you couldn't do any worse. <laughs> But no, they, man, it is like they might get to a situation which I don't advocate for because I think there's a path. But how do you not come to the conclusion eventually that, like, you got to start over? Uh, And, you know, before we get too fucking pessimistic and crazy because this show's starting to go in that direction, um, uh, things aren't that bad yet. They have the potential to be. I see this snowball starting to roll down the mountain and it's getting bigger and bigger. But things aren't that bad yet. And they're getting very good goaltending. Some guys look good. By some guys, I mean Claude Giroux and Zach McEwen. (laughs) But I, I, I suppose it's not, you know, we're not in crisis mode yet. But, like... A crisis could be coming soon. Uh, all right. Uh, Matthew Favreau. Matthew, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How you doing? How are you tonight? Uh, I'm going to talk about what the previous caller said. But first, I want to like I want to say I feel like there's something wrong with the identity of this team. Like, I, Yeah. What is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, we, what we, is the team's identity? What are the, what is their plan? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, after every game, we want to pin it down on specific players who who were not good. But this is, you know, 15 years at least of of the same. And we've had objectively good players in that time. So why is the sum of the parts almost less 
than than the value of the parts as individuals, if you know what I mean. No, yeah, like when I look at this roster, and maybe part of it's on us because we're so close and we want them to be good, but some of these players are pretty damn good. And, yes, without Ryan Ellis, without uh, Kevin Hayes, they have less. But, man, they should be a lot better than a team that scores, like, one and a half goals a game. Like, they really should not have the worst offense in the league. Well, and we should be better than a team who wins one series in a decade. Yeah, I mean, well, absolutely. But I mean, everybody, everybody in hockey should be better than that. Like it is a sport dictated by randomness. Your goalie, everyone's goalie, should be good enough to like have a good two weeks because that's all it takes to win a playoff series. The Flyers have done that once. Oh, for sure. And I, I yeah, we just have become a team. And I, the frustrating part is that we underachieve and. Like, I don't want to say it, but like, you know, we miss Ed Snyder. Like, as oh, far as we and, and part of like talking about why, you know, Hunter, the previous caller is asking why would Drew stay, and I, I do think he's probably hanging on because Drew's kind of like I see him as the end of that. He's the really, last link. He's the last link to that era of Flyers hockey where he probably still feels he's proud to be a Flyer. Yeah, yeah, and, I bet he does. I, he might still. I assume, I bet he does still have that connection to, like, the family-type organization it was when he came up. Yeah, and and so I hate that people blame him for, like, the mediocrity because he is an all-star of our time, but it makes me worried because once he's gone, where do the Flyers go? That's, I mean, the worst part is... If they can't get some things figured out, they're going to have no choice but to start over. And, man, we just went through this whole decade of mediocrity to have to be even worse for a few years. Like, And then there's still no guarantee. Like, Toronto has an amazing fucking group of forward talent. They haven't won a playoff series yet. Like, and I think that's like, you know, they will and they'll be fine, but – if I was living through it, I would be very frustrated by it. Oh, oh, for sure. But I think we're on the edge of, I mean, looking at the next 10 years, like whether you're Colorado, who's close and you know they're close, or Buffalo, who's really starting the rebuild. Like, I hope the next decade isn't just uh, remembered for wasting Hart's career. Well, the last decade was remembered for wasting Claude Giroux's career. So, and thanks a lot, Matthew. Really enjoyed the call. Uh, make, uh, Make yourself a regular. I like that. Um, yeah, it was – I mean, the thing is, it's. Mu- I feel like it's just much harder to waste a goalie because it is so important. Like, you can have a mediocre team, but if the goalie is excellent, you will at least be in the playoffs. Like, Jesus Christ, Carey Price with that team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year, and I realize, you know, fucked up situation with the divisions, blah, 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 all the COVID shit they did last year for the abbreviated schedule and all that. But still look at that team this year. They're absolutely dreadful. They went to the Stanley cup final last year. Like that's how important that position is. Christian Huff, Christian, you're live on the post game. Oh, Hey Bill. Hey, how's it going tonight? Uh, Pretty good. Just I'd say pissed off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my I know there's a lot of problems with this team, but one of the problems I'm starting to notice is that AB is starting to play 
a system that's like trots and that he's trying to do defense first, but they don't have the defense to do that. They don't have shut down defenders. They don't, they have Keith Yandel, who's known for offense. They got Travis Sanheim, who should be known for offense. He can't, he's not a shut down defenseman. And you got, you know, guys, you know, Sealer's not a shut down defenseman, obviously. And you're trying to force them into positions where they have to play defense. Yeah. And like this team, they're just not, they don't have the one or two game breakers to like, you know, make a play and create the offense to get away with that sort of style. They need to come at you in waves offensively. And, yeah, as good as Carter Hart is, like, if guys are just wide open at times, it, it's not going to matter. Like, if your whole idea is win with defense and goaltending and 50% of that equation stinks, like, it, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, and another problem is you have too many forwards who aren't doing anything. You got Oscar Lindbaum. I like I love Oscar Lindbaum. Everybody does. He had cancer. Like we we all appreciate everything he's been through, but he's making three million dollars a year and has done nothing. And he's making he's he has the same point totals as Nate Thompson. I mean <laughs> Yeah. Yep. No, it's there's there are several guys in the lineup right now who are just absolutely killing you. And for the first time, I'm comfortable p- putting Lindblom in that group. Like, yeah, I appreciate what you went for. I own an Oscar Lindblom jersey. I'm a huge fan of his. He might – I thought, you know, he still might be because, you know, extenuating circumstances. How can you blame the pick on what happened later? But yeah. he still might be like a top three to five Ron Hextall pick. Um, he's given you nothing. TK's given you very little. Uh, you know, JVR, Faraby, these guys, that's a lot of cap space I just, I just named. They're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. And the, the biggest problem is that, you know, Joel Faraby, he's on his rookie contract right now. Next year, he's making $5 million. I, I, right now, that's looking like a bad contract. And you got that contract, you got the Hayes contract. And I wasn't in favor of giving Hayes that contract. If they were going to give Hayes that contract, why didn't they just keep Braden Shen? Years ago, I'd rather have Braden Shen. <laughs> I, I know that's revisionist history, but I'd rather have kept him. Yeah, it's uh, they just it, the situation in improving this team from here is incredibly difficult and incredibly complicated. And honestly, I have no idea how they do it. Yeah, uh, thank you, Bill. I'll let you go. <laughs> you got it. Thanks a lot, Christian. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Jay Murph. Jay Murph, you're live on the post game. Yo, Bill, how you doing, man? Jay oh, from Australia. How, how, how's it going, Jay? Uh, could be better, man. Just took a break off to uh, watch these uh, watch these games. Um, I'm going to take back what I said about um, us having the, the depth in the lineup. It looks like half our guys are injured anyway. And this culture of, um, you know, hiding injuries and forcing guys to play injured, um, it affects... It's every single year, and half these guys end up getting surgery on the off-season. So, like, most of the time when we're like, oh, this guy seems a bit snake-bit, you know, he's not scoring so much. I mean, nine times out of ten, off-season comes, these guys are injured and getting getting uh, operated on. Yeah, I, I, like we saw it. Uh, I, I think one of the best examples was Kevin Hayes last year. I just thought, like, oh, shit, did he become lazy? Like, he just looks slow. He looks disinterested. 
And yeah. suddenly you find out, oh, yeah, he played, like, most of the year with a fucking torn core muscle. It's like, oh, well, yes, that's exactly why someone would look slow and disinterested because they're in a tremendous amount of pain and they can't make their body do what they want it to do. Yeah, exactly. And, like, when when they brought back Ellis and Hayes in the same game, I, I, I almost put money on them. Like, they're going to get injured. These guys aren't ready. Like... Just they gotta stop doing this. Um, does a guy have to wake up with a punctured lung in the bathtub again? You know. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That's a great point, Jay. Um, also, no, just the I, other I really, uh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, and I said this earlier. Like, I really think you know this team. They're trying to get through these injuries right now. I realize they're just depleted, but like getting Ellis and Hayes back, only to lose them immediately. Seems like it took a real toll on this team mentally. Like, that is wearing on them. They got through it, they thought. They're like, oh, all we had to do was survive until these guys come back, and then we can get on a roll. And now they have to get by without them all over again for even longer. Yeah, and there's just also the, you know, the eternal Moran situation. Um, Is uh, Allison injured as well? Wade Allison, uh, yeah, he's been out, I think – I think I heard mid to late December. Uh, they think they might have him back. It was like originally they had said January. Now it looks like maybe a little earlier. But uh, Wade Allison looks like he's going to be a hell of a player. But I will believe he can stay healthy when he stays healthy because the dude has just fought injuries for several years now. Yeah, it's almost like we, we hold on to these guys until they're completely broken. <laughs> it's kind of a shame. Pretty much. Um, and just my final take, um, have we, what are we on the power play? Zero for what? Oh my, a hundred thousand. Like it's, it's so (laughs) ugly. They had four shots on the penalty kill tonight and zero on the power play. Like that's hard to do. It's almost impressive. Their ineptitude is getting to the point of impressive. Yeah. And we're going back to that whole pushing it out to the defensive zone and just hoping for the best that goalie don't see it. Oh, it's it's so low event, trying to get lucky. They're not making plays whatsoever. It's just, yeah, let's see if we can make plays from the point. Like, I don't know, man. The goalie's pretty far away from there. I would try to shoot from a little closer, personally. But what do I know? I'm not 0 for 100. Especially if it's someone like Vasilevsky, man, because he's going to come way out of his crease if he can. He's not afraid to come out and challenge dudes because he knows he's got the defensive back up there. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, the skill that team has, they're very good. They're very good shorthanded. They had a few chances tonight. They have a lot of speed, and they have the, you know, maybe the best goalie in hockey behind them. Like, you're not just going to beat them by getting lucky. You're going to have to outwork them down low, and they just seem, in, you know, content to keep the puck on the outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and is – um, sorry – just is uh, Atkinson still on power play one, or has he been moved back to power play two? Uh, they had him up on power play one, and I honestly, I don't think they had the puck on the power play enough to tell you who was out there tonight. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, I just I just noticed that you know his scoring streak and also the the run of great power plays the Flyers were having uh, seemed to stop when they thought. Hey, let's just beef up the top line and see what we have behind us. Yeah, they were getting by. They were getting by the way they're like. They were getting by on their depth, and then the depth just dried up with a couple of injuries. It just it went. 
it went away very quickly and now they're just they're just hanging on like they can't score two goals a game yeah i know and then you look at tampa i mean they keep Stan Coast out an entire year if they have to if he's injured. And I think it's just this reoccurring thing. It's 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 affecting us over the years because we don't have the backups because we're just constantly injured and don't have the uh the players to, to fill those gaps. it's definitely it's definitely hurting them, just the injuries and the lack of depth they have and it gets into thanks a lot, Jay. Appreciate it. Uh it gets into you know, the failure to draft, you know, at a, I guess some, you know, I call it bad, but uh, the failure to draft at even an above average level, you know, where are all these guys? All the non-first round picks that, uh, uh, and the first rounders, I mean, Jesus, German Rusev and uh, all, you know, uh, Morgan Frost, who isn't up yet, Joel Farabee, who is having a terrible year. Like Travis Sanheim, not that great. Provorov, he's okay. He's a nice player. Top pair defenseman when you have a number one with him. But then you look at the the non-first rounders. Who's contributing in the NHL? Oscar Lindblom and contributing is, you know, we're using that word liberally. And Carter Hart. And that's it. No one else is contributing for this team at the NHL level. You know, NAK scored the other night for Colorado. It, you know, it was like their sixth or seventh goal against Seattle to get up 7 nothing. But, you know, he's not contributing here. None of these guys have worked out, and that's why they have no depth, plain and simple. All right, let's go to uh, Marcus. Marcus Harazin, you're live on the post game. Marcus, if you're muted, hit unmute. Uh, there we go. Can you hear me? There you are. Uh, hey, yeah, I was just wondering, um, do you think that Chuck would ever consider, um, you know, especially if Sealer continues to play as poorly as it looked like he might, um, that they just have to bite the bullet, put Hayes on LTIR and make a move to maybe, I know you guys were talking about maybe like a Giordano type or someone like that, just to make the defense not an absolute dumpster fire? Because with Ellis uh, out long term, it seems like it seems like that's kind of where we're at. It if 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 or maybe call up York. I, I I don't know. What do you think? I think they have to make a move somewhere. Uh, and thanks a lot, Marcus. Um, I think I, I said on BSH this week, if, if this is going to be a thing with Kevin Haynes, if he's going to need another surgery, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Who knows? Um, Kucherov is ass. Park them on LTIR, bring in somebody at, you know, a nice price because you just freed up all his cap space, and then don't bring Hayes back to the playoffs. Like, uh, you know, and if you don't make it, you don't make it. But do something because right now you don't have enough offense and you don't have enough defense. If the coach insists on playing a defensive strategy – well, you're going to need some fucking defensemen who can play. Like, it's pretty simple. The guys they have aren't good enough. We have no idea when Ellis is coming back. And even when he comes back, and even if he's 100%, even if he's 100% for the rest of the season, what are you doing on the third pair? Like, you know, Braun, I like. Yandel, I like. Do we know for a fact that, you know, Yandel can actually hold this job down once Braun's back with him? Maybe he can. I'd like to think he can because, 
you know, I've spent a lot of time saying I think they're the perfect veteran third pair. You put them out there. You know what you're going to get from them. They understand and know their roles, and probably nothing bad will happen. But has anyone seen anything out of Keith Yandel that gives them any sort of confidence that he will be the guy we thought he might be even when Braun's back with him? Because I I like Yandel. I, I think it'll work. but. If they can upgrade, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan Allen, you're back on the post game. Hey, Bill. Sorry. I know I, I called earlier already, but I, I wanted to share an epiphany that I had yesterday. Okay. Um, okay. I, uh, I got a new job, and uh, the guy who's training me, you know, who's been, you know, I've been talking to him for a bit, and I found out yesterday that he's 21 years old, <laughs> which is the exact same age that I was in 2010 when the Stanley Cup run came by. And uh, I love the Flyers because I, you know, because of, you know, the early 2000s, John LeClaire, Mark Recchi, Keith Primo, Eric Desjardins, you know, those teams that, you know, were exciting and they, you know, they made me fall in love with the team. And a guy who's 21 years old now was born in the year 2000, which means they probably don't remember that. And this franchise hasn't given a uh, fan that age anything to fall in love with uh, in the, in that time period, I don't think. So, you know, I, I can understand why there's a lot of, you know, uh, Flyers fans out there who are of that age who don't know anything, don't know any better. And I'm getting too old to remember whatever. <laughs> it was great, great either. So, you know, it's, uh, I love being a Flyers fan for that reason. And, uh, I wish that, uh, the younger fans had more of a reason to love the team too. I appreciate that, Dan. And we, we talked about that on BSH this week. Like me, Charlie, Kelly, we've all been fans for a long time. We can all remember the Legion of Doom. Obviously we're coming of age. Uh, you know, in that, uh, that 04 run. And then, you know, the, the Mike Richards team that goes to the cup final, like, uh, the last caller was 21. I was, uh, geez, I guess I, yeah, I wasn't even 22 yet. I, I uh, yeah, September 09, I turned 21. So yeah, I was still, I was still 21 when they're in the cup final. Um, that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about just in terms of, Business-wise, man, Flyers could be in trouble soon. Like, not trouble. They're they're owned by a gigantic fucking corporation, blah, blah, blah. But just, like, in terms of fan support, you know, I'm in my 30s. There's a lot of things I can spend my my disposable income on. It ain't going to be this mediocre hockey team. Like, when I was 21, I loved buying Flyers tickets, you know? It's basically why I worked was through my Flyers ticket plan. Um, you know, Flyers tickets and weed. That's basically what I spent money on in college. And, <laughs> like, why would why would a younger generation of fans do that? Like, what what attachment would they have to this mediocre franchise? I... I don't know if they're in trouble, but they're definitely not like looking at boom years ahead unless they fix this shit. Uh, AJ Longwell, AJ, you're on the post game. Yeah, I got you, AJ. I was watching the Tampa Bay broadcast because that's what's on Canadian TV right now, uh, and I think their color commentator is pretty good. Um, got some good nuggets of tactical analysis, and he was commenting that the Tampa Bay uses the width of the ice attacking significantly better than the Flyers do, and they're also able to shoot and retrieve 
much faster in the corners. Um, do you think that's like a personnel thing, a coaching thing? Like, how do you begin to solve a problem that's pretty simple? Like, after you shoot the puck, get it back to shoot again. Because once I pointed it out, I noticed he's pretty right. Yeah, and I, I the coaches do need to uh, probably stress things more, but guys just absolutely stand still way too much. I think it shows itself immensely on the power play, but nobody's following their shot to get rebounds. It seems like rebounds just kind of sit there sometimes, and we just never gather them and try to put them home, get second chance opportunities. Uh, I do think that's I, I do think that's a pretty astute observation. Uh, the the width of the ice. I thought a couple of years ago they started to utilize it pretty well. They uh, they would go across to an open man. They would go hard across when they got in trouble, and they just seem now just so tunnel vision on get the puck, just dump the puck in deep. Like they never seem to look to the other side for an open man after the initial pass. Like there's never a second pass made until they've retrieved in the offensive zone, which is very rare. Yeah. For, for a team that dumps the puck and chases as substantially as they do, I really don't associate anyone on the team as someone who wins a lot of battles along the wall or along the corner, either offensively or defensively. No, they're, they're slow. They're rarely the first team, you know, to the puck. And when they get there, they're not all that tough or strong either. Like, they just don't really have any sort of identity right now. When they're at full strength, I think you can say their ability to come at teams in waves with their second and third line is their identity. But they haven't been that way all year, and they're not going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah, I... You know, I was really pumped after the first few games. And then after the next set of games, I was like, wow, Carter Hart is just a rock star. Um, just like slowly slipping, slipping away from me as much as I'll keep watching. Yeah. And thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, AJ. Appreciate it. It's uh, this. I, I keep thinking like, what's their path out of this? And I do not know. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm like slouching down now. I can't actually read. Uh, Jeremy Lowry, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill. I got a quick thought for you because um, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of the game. But what are you bringing up Frost and just marking him with Giroux and letting him learn the way Giroux played for the last decade? Just be the next G, win face-offs, win the board battles, quarterback on the offense. I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, I think they'd need some sort of physical presence on that line. Uh, man, I would love for it to be Limblom, but he hasn't been really delivering in that sense. But maybe you're just trying to go fully out skills, out skill guys and throw Atkins and Farabee there, get one of those two going again. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm not opposed to any sort, and I'm getting all sorts of background noise. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to really um, any sort of mix-up on the offense here. I don't care how dumb. I, I don't care how, like, uh, like I said, I would want Frost, you know, in a, ideally I think it would be cool for him to be in a uh, double center situation with Lawton and then have, like, Limblom or something with them uh, so you have a little bit of everything, you know, the skill, the grittiness, the, uh, you know, 
ability to drive play win battles that Lindblom typically brings, but I, I can't put Lindblom in the top of nine right now. And uh, yeah, I, I Frost with it. Uh, shit, put Frost with McEwen. I don't give a shit. Like just they need to try something here that's different than ah uh, yeah we're gonna switch up the lines a little bit you know uh, like it needs to be something and I see just one comment here from Trevor before I wrap things up oh no it's he says I don't think AV has lost the team now let's see I don't think AV's lost the team but he's losing the fans and so could lose the team by continuing to defend Tarion they simply uh, they simply don't move on the power play predictable and easily defend sick of it and that's you know that's kind of what they look like at five on five too so as much as I want to um McEwen Frost Giroux line yeah why not uh like as much as I want to just skewer Tarion and say this needs to be something AV does I've been I've been hesitant to say fire AV and I don't know if I'm there yet but this team needs something uh you know the injuries obviously a front office is going to give a coach a little bit more slack when there's injuries and shit. And last year was that fucked up year and everyone kind of decided, Hey, we changed the mix in the locker room and get better goaltending and we'll be better. And so far that has been the case, but like I've said all night, you can see this thing snowballing. All right. I'm going to get out of here. There's a, Oh no, there's one more. There's one more caller. Let's go to Sean, Sean Venata. Here you are. You're live. Hey, what's up, Bill? How are you tonight? Good, good. Sorry, I'm I'm joining a little late, so I don't know if you guys talked about this already, but you know, I was thinking after this loss about like the big picture stuff, and you know, Fletcher really made moves this off season that said we're win now, and you know, the record isn't terrible, but the process just, as you know, doesn't look good. So I think he's gonna make like win now moves to fix stuff, and if you know, I'm thinking long term, if these win now moves don't work and they don't start winning now, that um, they might blow it up eventually. I don't know. It's just, it's really coming to a point where I'm just thinking about like, this is Drew's last year on the deal. Like if they don't, if they aren't in a playoff spot in, you know, February, he's, he's going to get traded. Yeah. And uh, I question whether he'd get traded just cause I think, unless he has to be like, I think they assume he's going to resign here, but it's going to be a, we'll assess when we get their situation. What's the asking price. What kind of position are we in? But yeah, I, I do think Fletcher is gonna look at this like I'm. You don't bring in Ryan Ellis, you know. You don't trade Myers and do all the things they did uh, if you're not trying to win this season. And you can use the injuries as an excuse, uh, but that just means you got to make more moves. Like you're in the you're in the position to shell out bad money after good or whatever the fuck the expression is. Like the only way out of this hole is to keep on digging, you know? Uh, and in terms of the future, man, look at the prospect pool. Is it good? Cause I don't think it is. So what's the, what's the difference in whether they, you know, lose a little bit in the future or not. Um, you know, Hextall didn't, didn't really stock up the shelves the way we thought he did. And, uh, it's it's not like many of these guys look like top end prospects whatsoever. We're hoping you know Morgan Frost can come in and be a, a productive third line center. Like we're not asking a whole lot here from a first round pick. Uh, but I don't I don't know 
I hope Fletcher is looking at it right now like I got to do something because it's he's got to do something soon. Uh, I don't want to wait until after Christmas. I don't want to wait until we're in last place and digging our way out of this thing. Like, I should log out of this thing tonight and see they've made a move. That's probably not going to be the case, but they got to do something real soon. Yeah, man. Um, you know, if, if, and, and even if that something isn't huge for the long term, they got to do something to figure out how to stay competitive until those reinforcements arrive. And if, and if they find out Hayes and Ellis aren't coming back, then it's got to be huge because they went win now. You can't, you already went all in, you know, you can't, you can't take the chips out. So I guess we'll see. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah. I appreciate it, Sean. Uh, and yeah, that's, I think that's a great way to end it. You already went all in. Like you, you traded your first round pick for a guy on an expiring contract. You traded Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick. Now, granted, it turns out those two might suck, uh, but you traded Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick for Ryan Ellis. You traded Jake Voracek for Cam Atkinson. Like, you did all this shit. You bring in guys like Keith Yandel and Derek Broussard. You don't make those moves unless you're expecting to be a team in the playoffs and a team that does something in the playoffs. You can't just change your, oh, well, injuries. Like, no, I'm sorry. You're not in a position to chalk this year up as just one of those years because we've been having one of those years for 10 years. And I know that's not fucking Chuck Fletcher's problem because he just, you know, got here and, Jesus, what was it, 2018? Like, I don't even remember now. But, like, I realize it's not all his problem, but it is. It's on you to fix this thing. That's your job. You can't just, well, we'll get him next year. Like, next year, who the fuck knows what this team could be? I'll tell you what, we have no idea because, listen, I think Carter Hart's awesome, but goaltending's voodoo. We don't know. We know he's having a good year this year, so you need to build a team that can win around him because he'll probably be good again, but you don't know if it's every single year you're going to get good Carter Hart. Uh, You don't know that about any goaltender unless they have like a five, six, seven year track record of that sort of shit. So uh, we'll see what he does. There's a lot. All right. That's it. I I wanted to go long tonight because as I said earlier, I won't be, uh, I won't be doing Wednesday or Fridays post games. I will be back for the, uh, the Sunday game against the devils because again, I hate myself. (laughs) It's not true. I actually have incredibly high uh, sense of self. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, we will. Uh, I'll be back Sunday. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Yada yada yada. You know the drill. Broad Street Hockey, etc. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving as well. Happy Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Don't want to. I don't want to leave all my other uh, my international listeners out in the cold. Happy American Thanksgiving and. Happy whatever holiday to anyone else listening. All right, take it easy. I'm done. I'm just spent. Have a great week, everybody.